Hello, and welcome to another episode of Sip Conscious, a podcast made by two friends over two drinks discussing two different topics. We thank you, dear listener, for joining our journey of inquisition, and we hope that you enjoy this banter-filled, knowledge-quenching conversation with us. My name is Joseph, and I'm joined by my co-host, Colin. We are two longtime friends currently living on opposite ends of the world, sharing our weekly or bi-weekly catch-ups in the most millennial way possible. A podcast. So, Colin. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. What are you drinking today? Today, I am having a local Amsterdam-brewed craft beer, specifically a session IPA. I, I think it's called Met... Well, I don't know what it's called, to be honest, but it is a session IPA. <laughs> it's from the <laughs> brewery called Brewerei, if I am pronouncing that correctly. <laughs> probably not, but um, it means brewery of I, and I, th- I think I means egg, but I think there was like a joke. Oh, nice. But um, I'm not too sure the backstory. I haven't, I haven't been yet, um, so I guess I'll... Right. Make sure to hit it up and check why it's called brewery egg, or even if it's called egg. Cool. But even though, but surprisingly, their logo is a ostrich and an egg. So I'm pretty sure I is egg, and there's probably some sort of like inside joke, but um, mm. I'm just not aware of it yet. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like a lot of beer labels are very niche and hippie. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's not bad. It's uh, for four percent. It's pretty crisp and like refreshing, mm. and it was quite yeah. It was really just nice. just for context, isn't it? Like sorry, <laughs> just for a bit of context, isn't it? Like ten a.m. where you are right now. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. To be honest, I was like, oh, I don't have any brew. I have this like one beer that I have in the fridge. I'll I'll, I'll have it. <laughs> was, right, nice. Yeah, <laughs> it's for it's for the sake of the podcast. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I really enjoy it. I I am enjoying it, but um, the label's a bit risque. Mm. It's a naked woman. Oh, nice! Yeah, very tantalizing. I'll probably just leave it there for now. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, uh, I quite like it. It's refreshing, basically. I'm terrible with describing beers, even though I love beer. But um, yeah. What are you? What are you? What are you having today? Uh, well, here in Sydney, it's eight forty nine p.m. Yeah. Um, so I'm You're having a coffee. Having... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I'd usually like to enjoy like a caffeinated beverage, but um, I'll tell you about uh, a drink that I did have. Okay. Um, I had green tea at my hairdresser. <laughs> what? <laughs> While I was getting my haircut today. At your hairdresser. Very kind of her. Yeah, she offered me like green tea and snacks. It was great. Um, wow. And yeah. Oh yeah, I was like having, I was getting my hair permed. And that's why it took a really long time. I and see, so I see, I see. They offered me tea and it was like really nice green tea. Yeah. Um, and like, like because they're Korean and they spoke Korean with each other. Uh-huh. Um, and I found out that the way that they say green tea is pretty similar to the way that um, people say green tea in Hong Kong, which is like lok cha, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, so it would like it sounded really similar, but maybe I might have been hearing things. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, um, um. 
But as a substitute, as a proxy for that, I'm having hot water right now. Uh, okay. <laughs> but how was the green tea? We, you know, we need some substance. To describe was, the notes. <laughs> yeah, it was very nice. It was very, very earthy. Very. Um, actually, I don't know if it was green tea or if it was like, like rice tea. Oh. Um, like yeah. barley tea, if that makes sense. I guess, maybe it was a mix. Yeah, I guess we'll see. Well, not we'll see. I guess yeah. you'll just have to remember. <laughs> yeah. Or maybe go back again, but yeah. Cool. Mm. Yeah, those are, I guess that, yeah, that's the craft beer you should definitely check out from me. And if you happen to end up in a Korean hairdresser in Sydney, you know to ask for the green or rice tea. <laughs> nice. But yeah. Yes. Um, but just on a general note, um, let's address the elephant in the room. Even though it's fucking, sorry for the expletive, expletive. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, let, let's address how, how's the, you know, it's March 13th now. As of Europe, I am in Netherlands right now. So in Amsterdam. And yesterday, the prime minister of Amsterdam gave a, I guess, conference call. I don't know what you call those, but you know, to talk about the overall situation. And now everything is shut for the next Right. All, all, well, most well. The main thing is like any event with a hundred plus people has to be cancelled for the next two weeks un, un, until end of the month, and then yeah, um, unis. There's surprisingly, <laughs> unis, primary, secondary school, all schools are not shut. Yeah. <laughs> Even though our you know Netherlands has went from one case to six hundred plus as of yesterday of coronavirus oh, wow. in like two weeks and no, they're like oh no we crazy. won't shut schools <laughs> their reasoning being um <laughs> school and like kids like our age or like you know just anyone mid-30s and below are the least susceptible to actual death or like you know but it's like they can spread yeah. it right and they're probably the most likely age group given like primary secondary school to spread it given their uncontrol- uncontrollable face touching and like you know just their interactions so just just their general ickiness yeah so i think a lot of like mps in netherlands are kind of like not rallying against the government that sounds no because that's not what's happening but like they're expressing their concern about you know the lax quote-unquote control over compared to let's just say hong kong where like within the 10th case things were like just bam everything is gone to contain and you know after two months hong kong has had 128 cases oh wow yeah and and let's just i mean like statistics are just statistics i'm not i'm not trying to say like one is better than the other but just looking at the Mm. government response to it it seems a bit opposite or like they seem to be polarizing in terms of the approach but i guess i wouldn't know i'm not a health minister (laughs) yeah it's it's kind of a polarizing topic like it's really hard to like talk about this stuff without like inciting of a lot of a lot of like panic which is yeah the worst thing yeah i think about this whole thing yeah because because there, um, there's no need to panic but there is a need yes, for also, your caution and your own concern yeah definitely yeah. like just personally like i live in like a home with when my like I live with my grandparents, yeah, and they are the most susceptible, yeah, like age group in terms of 
mortality mortality rate. Yeah. Um, especially since like my grandma has diabetes, so that's like a comorbidity oh, no. that is yeah. um of concern. So um it's funny because yeah, the likelihood of me dying from COVID is very low. Yeah. Um so I feel like it would be very effective for me to just wear a mask at home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> because just, I'm like I'm the one who's like regularly leaving the house and yeah, interacting with other people with potential COVID yeah. <laughs> spreaders. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I I think it comes to um, like sorry, you continue. I, I sorry. I didn't realize. Oh, no, you know. no, 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 like, yeah, just, I feel like, like, um, yeah, culture is super different. Like, you know, in Hong Kong, like everyone wears masks and like here in Australia, like people are getting beat up because they wear masks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> well, all not, well, like it's, it's kind of the, the whole like panic has kind of yeah settled down. Oh, sorry, no, turned a new leaf. So it's not about beating people up with masks. It's just about buying toilet paper. But yeah, um, um, yeah, what you can know. you do? I mean, it's human nature in the sense of like, you know, we fight for our own survival. But um, it's, it, it's really difficult with everything. And um, yeah, I guess this is a really hard topic. It probably warrants its own you know, other catch-up episode in a week. <laughs> and we could <laughs> yeah. probably spend a when whole things time. things get real serious. <laughs> yeah. But, um, you know, it's now pandemic. And uh, uh, yesterday, uh, I actually had a terrible day yesterday. Um, oh, okay. Um, I woke up. Uh, I was, like, two nights ago, I was just, like, with a close friend of mine. He's from Long Island, and so in the U.S. Mm-hmm. And we were just chatting at night before he went out to kind of like meet some of his friends because some of his US friends came here to come visit him. So we're like, oh, okay, we're just chatting. And then 12 hours right. later when I wake up, we, well, like I, in our group chat and like we get a text message where it's like, oh, I'm now at the airport gate. Um, I got a call this morning at two hours to pack and given the US travel ban, I have to leave now or I have to go into quarantine and it's just like at, for my family's interest. So it's been great meeting you guys and um my deal with that my you know my my um journey with amsterdam and you guys are not over and like i was in the gym and when that hit man it was just i just kind of like stopped everything packed went back into my room and i just get like i didn't cry but like just kind of like teared up and everything mm. And I, you know, like just a few, just the two days before I did, I talked, I was, I did a class presentation on a topic that I'm going to talk about today. <laughs> nice. Um, <laughs> and he was like, uh, I'm glad that you did your presentation. Um, I'll definitely remember. And he was just like, oh, going about like these memories. I was like, oh, that's so sad. I mean, like, obviously we're both in a lot better places than a lot of people in the world, not just, you know, susceptible to. Uh, who have been affected by COVID-19 but um, yeah and I think there's a real chance that I also may have to leave Amsterdam in the coming weeks right Um, so yeah just talking to my family I think um, you know they're very worried just how things have blown up here and uh, there is a very Mm. real possibility in the sense like if things do get worse um, and if Netherlands make it to the list of like countries, Hong Kong kind of says that um, if you return from these countries, you immediately go into facility quarantine. I may have to like just speed mm. pack and leave. 
So the kind of the same situation right. as as my friend, but um, yeah. So yeah, things is just kind of really up in the air and ooh, stressful. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry to hear that, man. Nah, like, I, mean, I mean, I've 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 enjoyed my time here. It hasn't been perfect, but you know, I'm glad at least I've been here for a month and almost two months. But I guess we'll see. Mm. I'm trying to stay as long as I can, yeah. but like given the safety measures and what I can do. But you know, when it comes yeah. time where it's like. Mm-hmm. more appropriate to just leave than I probably will have to. All right. First topic. Uh actually Joseph, you 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 want you want to go first this time. I think you said you got something sciencey. Yeah, I okay, sure. I don't mind. I'll go first. Hmm. Um so uh, for for a bit of context, I study a Bachelor of Science and, um, yeah, just study science in general. Um, and one of the units that I'm doing this um is physiology. Um, mm-hmm. and I've been quite enjoying it. Um, huh. even though it's like content overload every single lecture. Um, yeah. but I thought I'd be able to share some f- like fun. Not really fun, but <laughs> like some <laughs> interesting, some new information or some like good like explanations, some good scientific explanations of things that we kind of take for granted in real life. Um, yeah, yeah, and yeah. also like in the same time, kind of help me revise. <laughs> yeah, no, that that's the whole point of this podcast, anyways. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, um, yeah, I'm going to. Oh, so first, um, I think I asked you this like before we re- we were recording, but um. Yeah, do you know anything about the endocrine system of the body? No clue. No <laughs> yeah. clue. So, so I think it's one of the least, like the the like, not really well known, um, human body systems, um, in terms of like general public knowledge. But yeah, um, if you, I think the easiest way to explain what the endocrine system is is, um, you know what the nervous system is, right? Yes. Um, just a network of nerves in our body that sends quick signals and impulses that let us like react and move really quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously, not everything we react to needs to be quick. Um, and sometimes the the effects need to be long term, right? So mm-hmm. that's where our endocrine system comes in. And instead of okay. like nerve impulses and like electrical signals, it uses hormones to help us get a desired effect okay and like, so like, i what, want what effects um so i think um a very common one to help explain the role of hormones and everything is what happens when you eat or what happens when you don't eat um okay and i think you've probably heard of this hormone um which is insulin yes, yes. it is created um, in the pancreas nice oh yeah I'm, i am right yes <laughs> yeah um so do you know what insulin does keeps people alive <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's actually a really good answer <laughs> that's all i know because i know some people yeah. need insulin injection for being diabetic is it yes exactly so insulin is pretty important and like there's a whole class of diseases related to the malfunctioning of our body to insulin, and that's called diabetes. Um, okay. But before I get too ahead of myself, 
um i thought i could like break this down bit by bit um okay. by like the process of like eating food and stuff yeah um so yeah so let's say like you're having lunch right um yeah. i'm a fat sandwich yeah so <laughs> let's say you're eating your fat sandwich um yeah yeah, the food you ingest the food it goes down your esophagus goes into your stomach and then it gets digested and then Mm -hmm. it goes into your small intestines and so your small intestines is where um the nutrients in your food is being absorbed right yes and so what happens when the nutrients are being absorbed is that blood glucose um increases and just like out of curiosity you know what glucose is right yeah sugar yes so um our body so not just blood glucose increases like a bunch of other nutrients and concentrations increase in our blood but Mm -hmm. to for the sake of simplicity um i'm just using blood glucose because it's one of the most important ones um and so yeah blood glucose increases once your small intestine starts to absorb all the nutrients from your fat sandwich um (laughs) (laughs) and yeah so what happens is that your body detects this change um and so as you said before your pancreas which is an organ which is an endocrine organ starts releasing hormones to react to that change and in this case our change is increase in blood glucose so Mm. insulin is the hormone that's released into the body to kind of Um, balance out the blood glucose levels yeah so what insulin does is it triggers a bunch of stuff in your body to help decrease blood glucose um and before i get into like how it does it i'm just going to like go through the opposite end of the spectrum so um yeah let's say you're out of luck you can't get your fat sandwich and it's like oh no it's bedtime you need to go to bed right (laughs) and then you just sleep and then you wake up and then you don't have a fat sandwich and you just kind of like fast, right? Like mm-hmm. you just don't eat anything. Yeah. Um, so what happens there is obviously your blood glucose would drop because your body still needs energy to function. But okay. um, so it's just continually using it. Um, but obviously there's only going to be a limited amount. And so your blood glucose is going to drop. And mm-hmm. your body also detects that. And then your pancreas also responds um with a different hormone and it releases um a hormone called glucagon wow that that sounds like and a, that sounds like a final like a boss in a uh, or like a yeah like a final <laughs> boss in a, in a mortal combat or something like glucagon again. <laughs> <laughs> true um but yeah so uh, any guess to what glucagon does <laughs> glucagon i assume wait you said it's like the the opposite of like glucose right or uh the opposite of insulin opposite of insulin it raises blood sugar levels yeah um yeah so basically your body has this mechanism to help you maintain like a really stable blood glucose level mm-hmm. um and do you know why it's so important for us to have like a stable level of blood glucose like why can't we just leave the nutrients in our blood like flowing around until we use them all up right like um yeah i would it i mean 
instant instinctively it'd be like like it's kind of like overdosing in the sense that you don't actually need that much and yeah other than that i don't know why so i say a list i really just mean that (laughs) yeah no you're you're like getting at the right idea so um yeah if there's too much blood glucose in our body in our blood if there's too much glucose in our blood um Uh there's detrimental health effects and if there's too little glucose in our blood then there's also really bad um you know health effects such as death um but yeah that's that's really bad health (laughs) (laughs) so um yeah so do you know what like what organ in our body primarily oh actually only runs on glucose what in the world um wow this okay this this uh, this is a hard one uh you might need to think about it for a while yeah i was was like probably the brain yeah yeah so our brain is like one of our most vital organs because it controls everything in our body um and um another or another um endocrine organ that is located really close to the brain is our hypothalamus and our pituitary glands and you know anyway my point my point being (laughs) (laughs) my point being that our brain is really important and the thing about the brain is that it's kind of like like it's really picky and so it only likes to run on glucose Uh uh-huh so we have like other nutrients in our body we have like fat we have protein in our muscles um but for our brain we only want glucose like our yeah like our 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 brain just can only run on glucose so So it's really important sorry yeah there we go so what happens if you like have too much so you said you know if we run out of glucose we go brain dead yes so and what so what happens if you have too much glucose then so the thing about glucose is that while it's such an important like nutrient for us because our brain needs it to function, it's yeah. also really toxic. <laughs> wait, what? <laughs> yeah. Wait, so, wait, wait. <laughs> <laughs> um so I think when I say toxic, it kind of in like incurs like like um imagery of like poison and things like that right but like no that's like not what i'm trying to incite like i don't want to mislead people into thinking that like glucose is absolutely terrible even though you shouldn't have too much refined sugar um but yeah so the issue with having too high of glucose levels in our blood in our blood is Uh that glucose is is toxic okay and the reason that it's toxic is because glucose is actually a really reactive molecule Okay. So it binds to things really easily. And there's a lot of intricate systems in our body that relies on really specific molecules, like specific proteins and specific, like like our cells are made up of a bunch of molecules. So you don't want a high concentration of glucose in your blood because then you're raising the chances of random glucose just binding and chemically reacting with things in your body um, and then stopping them from working the way that they should. I see. Yep. 
So speaking of um, insulin and the endocrine system, Agnes Martin, an American-Canadian artist that was born, <laughs> that was kind of like active in the 1900s. I just did a presentation at my, I guess, this like fine arts course um, about her. And yeah, I'm here to share Ooh. it with y'all today. Nice. I'm going to quickly give you a... Um, here's an anecdote from Arnie... Glimshire, who is Agnes Martin's former art dealer, his, him and his 11-year-old daughter, Isabel, went to visit Agnes Martin at her house. And Isabel had a rose in her hand. And Agnes Martin took that rose and asked Isabel, is this rose really beautiful? And Isabel said, yes. Then she took that rose behind her back and asked again, is this rose still beautiful? Then Isabel responded, yeah. Martin replied then, you see, the beauty is in your mind and not in the rose. I'll come back to this kind of anecdote later on. But um, she's really famous for these like horizontal pastel blocks, grids and lines on like a massive six by six canvas. Um, If you search up um, a painting called The Tree, you'll see what I mean. It's like a very pastel, two shades of horizontal bands of these bluish greenish gray and you get this like in ridiculously meticulously drawn grids of these i guess vertical oblong type <laughs> in that I, I don't it's just a grid but like you know it's more vertical than it is horizontal and yeah. why it's called the tree is that she was thinking about the innocence of tree and the image came into her mind and which she did then describes lines going this way and lines going that way and they were innocent they looked like innocence and she just drew um innocence so instead of painting a symbol of like an unclothed newborn child who's like really pale or like a lamb she painted what she thought the abstract concept of innocence was and this kind of brings it to why she kind of deems herself an abstract expressionist so like mm-hmm. it's to be in very like you know, reduction in sense, like painting abstract forms about abstract feelings and or like subtle feelings and whatnot, which she's, she kind of does. Like she says that the, we as humans, we have a lot of um, abstract feelings um, that are without cause, like such mm-hmm. as waking up in the morning and you're just happy about nothing. And she wants to paint that. Yeah. Um, Oh, interesting. Yeah, I mean, like, she, uh, to, to reference another painting, way later in her career, in 2001, she painted one called Gratitude, um, for ones who want to search it up. And you just, and it's a very bright, still pastel, but very bright colors in the sense it's yellows, greens, and they're a lot more punchier. And, yeah, she just painted Gratitude. <laughs> oh. And, yeah, I guess that's just kind of like, her, you know, she just wants to paint these abstract, uncaused feelings. Well, I see um, it now. <laughs> I just looked it up. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 you know I I I'll, I'll, I'll get to the, um uh you know how why why it's like why people may dismiss her work later on, but um she was diagnosed. So just a bit more, I guess context. She was diagnosed with schizophrenia. She lived and worked alone most of her life, most of her life, 
and she passed away in 2004 without having read a single newspaper in over 50 years. So she was a very, very solitary person and very private. And she really found the joy um, and love when she was painting. And the way she would work is like she would just sit alone in her room or in her studio and wait for an inspiration or something to an image to pop into into her mind and she would sketch that out onto her notebook and then do these complicated maths once she's found the perfect sketch and then blow it up onto a canvas and the thing is the can and, and the, she would go through five six seven of the of, of these like massive canvases before she arrives at like a final perfect one and at times she would buy back her own paintings from galleries museums or like you know people who own them to like touch them up or change them up because she just didn't feel like the, the painting that she did sell reflects the mood that she or like the state of who who she is now so she's very kind of rigorous and methodical in her work and that really speaks of kind of all the math and like hand drawing the amount of lines with her ruler for, for basically most of her life. So she yeah. really kind of values this craft aspect to, I guess, art. Um, which is very interesting. Yeah. And going back to how she was a very solitary and, you know, introverted person, it's really mm-hmm. weird how she did a painting um, called Friendship. And what that is, is just a gold, um, a, say, a massive canvas with applied gold leaf onto the entire canvas and then she would score grids of these golden bricks and it's just insanely impressive because if anyone knows anything about studio art or like creating or working with gold leaf it's incredibly difficult to cut and to apply to the right to the extent of the way she did with this painting i'm not sure if it's a painting because i i guess that's up for debate and that's another conversation what a painting is because she didn't paint anything she applied the gold leaf and then scored it but Mm. yeah but anyways the painting was called friendship so which is very weird just knowing how alone she was with her you know the whole time Mm -hmm. but um now just kind of ending it all um she says I think about nothing but painting, and the older I get, the more I like to paint. It grows on you. Just imagine, I'm 88, and so it's been going on for a while. And she says that while she's painting a work called With My Back to the World. And for me, more, it's, it's more about her and her concept of just like being in this full realm of joy while she paints not that I empathize with her, because I wouldn't know, but, yeah, you know. And to conclude, like, it's, it's, it's very easy, I guess, to dismiss her work as just these pastel colors and lines and grids, yeah. especially without the context of her life, mm-hmm. um, which is fair enough, to be honest. Like, I can't, it was really hard for me to come up with substantial techniques and, like, things that she did. And there were some, but, you know, that, that's, I don't really think that's the point of her work anyways. Um she kind of talks about wanting her viewers to view her paintings like a landscape. Like, you know, when you hike up a mountain and you see this, the undulating hills or like, you know, the ridiculously beautiful coastline, like, what do you do? 
just kind of stand and stare for a while. Right? Like you, you, you wouldn't analyze what makes this landscape beautiful to me at this moment. You won't try and understand why it is beautiful. Like you don't care. It's just, you just, you know, with a lack of a better word, you just be part of the landscape. You just experience it and just let it happen because it's just such a, you know, compelling experience, I guess. I think that's what she kind of wants yeah. her paintings to be. But, yeah. She also says, like, from music, people accept pure emotion, but from art, they demand explanation. Which uh. is, like, damn. Like, you know, and that's kind of like, you know, like, and I, to be honest, I don't think she would care what you thought about her painting because it was never about y- us anyways, you know? Mm-hmm. It was about her painting. Yeah. And that's what she wanted. So how do you show the innocent image, image of a tree or what innocence is? You know, how do you show that beauty that's in your mind or that rose that's behind someone's back? And I think... That's what Agnes Martin kind of tried to do, at least for herself. And yeah, that's what really drew me to her work. But you know, if you don't like her work, fair enough. That's okay. (laughs) You don't have to love it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. but I think hearing you go through like, kind of like, you know, the, the whole context behind it and also just like the philosophy of it, just like, yeah, it really makes you think. Yeah. And, I mean, on my, on my phone, my background is one of her paintings called um, uh, Far, Away, Far Away Love. Not gonna lie, don't know anything about it. <laughs> but I just remember I was walking in Tate Modern in London, you know, two months yeah. back. And I just happened to bump into her work. And I'm like, oh, I didn't realize her work was in the Tate Modern. And then... I just kind of sat in front of the canvas for like five to ten minutes and it was just the most peaceful thing. Like, in for, for a long while, let's just say. Oh, wow. That I've done. Yeah, and it was just so encapsulated by the painting. Like, I didn't understand mm. it by any means, but it just... It, it just felt so peaceful. And, yeah. and And I guess you can kind of say her paintings are very quiet i think that's a nice word to like it makes no sense (laughs) on audio but like if you do see it even online you can it's pastel it's very soft and just quiet at the same time Mm. yeah i think i'll try and check it out if i have the opportunity Yeah, yeah i mean again no need to art is just art like you like what you like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, yeah. Anyways, that's my part. And, oh, if you see any of her videos, she's also really cute. In terms of, like, she's just so, such a lovely person to listen to <laughs> on interview. <laughs> but, yeah. So, what time is it, Colin? It's... Can you hear that? <laughs> fact time. <laughs> it's fact time. <laughs> time of the fun fact trivia of the day or the week. 
and Fortnite. I don't know. Depends when we <laughs> record next. <laughs> yeah, whenever we feel like. <laughs> whenever we feel like it. So what's the fact this week or this time round, Joseph? Well, um, today's fun fact is brought to you by the English language. Um, okay. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you've heard of um, collective nouns. Yes. Oh, sorry. Collective descriptions of nouns. Um, oh, yeah. Like, such um, as like a murder of crows. A murder. Uh, yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> Same example. We're so um, <laughs> Nice. Um, but yeah, do you have any idea what a group of ducks are called? No. I actually don't because I forgot. <laughs> so <laughs> apparently a group of ducks on water okay specifically on water a paddling of ducks ah okay paddling of ducks yeah and this is according to the british bird lovers organization (laughs) oh you can trust them (laughs) yeah they must love their birds (laughs) paddling of ducks um but yeah i thought that was kind of cute a paddling of ducks they're just paddling on the water yeah is, it, um, is, there, is there a collective noun for not, not in the water? So there's a collective noun for ducks while they're flying. Okay. And a flapping of you ducks. You can call... Not quite. You can call them... It's, it's also an adjective. Okay. Um, I really don't know. Hit me. Yeah, it doesn't really relate to ducks but it also sounds kind of adorable which is a plump of ducks <laughs> it's like just a plump <laughs> yeah it's a plump hey look uh, look at the plump oh uh, that's so objectifying how dare you <laughs> <laughs> but yeah um those are some fun collective descriptions for ducks yeah no i know not gonna lie, where I'm living in my student hostel near, uh, in, in Amsterdam, there's this like not creek, like a ditch, and or like or like a mini canal, and like there are a lot of ducks there. Oh, nice. And um, yeah, now I know. And to be honest, a lot of them are actually geeses, but stupid of me. <laughs> um, yeah. the first few weeks, I was like, oh wow, that's a big duck, <laughs> and then my friends were like, you mean a Goose? Like, <laughs> I was like, oh, oh, right, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I've, I've kind of had, like, a weird, um, not obsession, but, like, just a kind of chemistry with ducks <laughs> recently. What? Um, yeah, like, last time when I was visiting Hong Kong, um, I was, like, in a mall, and then I was yeah. at a thermos shop. And then there okay. just happened to be a thermos with a duck on it. <laughs> oh, just because. Um, and then I got it because it looked nice. And if any of our listeners know about Line, Sally from Line Friends. Oh, yeah, yeah I don't play that. <laughs> but yeah, now I have a Sally um, mouse pad <laughs> as well. Oh, yeah. Merch. <laughs> Merch. So, yeah. Love anyway. my ducks. Yeah. <laughs> or geese, you never know. Or geese. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah. Depends how um, big they are. Yeah. 
Anyways. I guess we'll, we'll see you next week or in two weeks. But um, thanks for anyone who's listening. Just a few to us, probably. Us. And hey, <laughs> if, you're any, if you need um, health and diet advice and knowledge about Anchor, Anchoridian, not Anchor, that, that's a philosopher. And that health <laughs> endocrine. thing. Endocrine <laughs> thing. Go to Joseph. You all learn more about horizontal lines and grids. Yo, I'm your man. <laughs> just I'll sprinkle pack- in some some duck facts <laughs> yeah, just like see the practicality that we both serve health and lines yeah. <laughs> <Anyways>. <laughs> a holistic view of life <laughs> yeah anyways shall see you next week see you later